send for the women. The women who will pray. The women who have talents, gifts, and resources. To do serious damage to demonic agendas. Send for the women. The women who will mourn. The women who haven't allowed bitterness and hate to turn them into mere mannequins. The women who aren't so downtrodden that they've forgotten how to feel. Send for the women who still have the ability to feel and cry so they might wail against what the devil is doing. Send for the women who will weep and wail. The women who will mourn in sackcloth and ashes. Send for the women. The women who will wake up, everyone around them, calling out, the devil is destroying us. Death is on its way. Send for the women who will be God's warning shout to his people, his alarm system, his tornado signal, his air raid siren. The women who God will use to warn his people of the impending consequences of sin. Send for the women who have a God-given destiny to destroy the power of Satan over God's people by waking them up and calling them to a morning of repentance. Women who will teach their daughters to weep against sin and the assault of the devil. Send for the women. Women who have a destiny to open their mouth and cry against the evil that the devil has put upon God's people. Women who have ideas to be voiced, energy to be released, abilities to be exercised, power to be loosed, spiritual gifts to be expressed, prayers to be prayed. Send for the women who look toward the future. To what they can be, what they can do, what they can say, what they can pray, what they can possess that will bring glory to God. Defeat the devil and see a nation saved. Send for the women. Good morning, good morning. How is everyone doing on this great Thursday morning? Get up, it's a new day. Yes, you're on the Busy Believer podcast, and I'm your host, Monica. Let's get it going. We got a good episode for you today, so grab your gear, get out the door, and we are here to bring the Word of God to you in your day to day hustle. So hey, we got a great episode for you today called Citizens of Heaven. Are you in or are you out? And are there perks involved? Are there bennies? You know, we all looking for those benefits. So stay tuned for Citizens of Heaven and we'll be back right after this. Discovered threat hidden within our world. There was still a lot we don't know. 
franchise, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Once again, Harrison Ford steps in as Indiana Jones in the fifth installment of the franchise. Harrison Ford has been playing this character for over three decades, and he plans on continuing despite being 80 years old. This movie is set to release on June 30th, 2023, and the movie has already finished production. Although the movie has been originally planned for 2019, it went through multiple delays, and we believe that this 2023 release date will be the final one. After years without a single Indiana Jones movie, we are more than ready to see Ford with his hat on and the whip in his hands as he takes us back into this world of the unknown and allows us to ride along with the incredible adventure that this movie has prepared for us. Well, welcome back to the show, everybody. How's everyone doing today on the Busy Believer Podcast? So, Godzilla and Indiana Jones coming back to the big screen. I'm a big Indiana Jones fan. I love all of his movies, and I can't wait. So, Indiana Jones hits theaters on the 30th of next month, 80 years old. And still doing action-packed movies. That's pretty cool. So, we got a good subject for you today. And we're going to dig right into it. And it is Citizens of Heaven. How do you know if you're in or you're out? Well, first off, the easy answer is we know that we're in. Because we've accepted the Lord into our heart. That's the number one answer, right? Amen? That's the number one answer. Are you in or out? Yes, I've accepted the Lord into my heart. But is it that easy to become a citizen of heaven? And you know, as I began to research this, I found that in the Old Testament, David came out and said, I'm a stranger on earth. He said it in the longest book of the Bible, Psalms 119, 19. He says, I'm a stranger on earth. Do not hide your commands from me, Lord. He's speaking to the Lord. And then I went over to the New Testament and I was like, okay, who says what about this? And I found Paul. Paul said in Philippians 3.20, he said, our citizenship is in heaven. He doesn't say, well, it will be in heaven. So let me let me just get right over to the because I'm going off of notes and I'm going off of memory of reading it. But let me go right over here to Philippians 3 and verse uh, 20. He says, But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 21 says, Who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies, our human bodies, so that they will be like his glorious body. Wow, check it out. We will actually get new bodies. Check it out. So, you know, I could eat popcorn, I could drink soda, (laughs) you know, come on. Can we snack and binge on those favorite things, favorite meals, favorite snacks, and not worry about it. 
well, no, that just wouldn't be the smart idea now, would it? <laughs> but God says right there, and Paul, Paul is, here's, if you've got David saying this, then you've got Paul saying this in the Old and the New Testament. That says something big. It actually says that once we become citizens of heaven, we are no longer part of this earth. And you know, I was looking at it in my daily reading um, with my husband. It says, Jesus says, let's go to John. And as I'm flipping over to John, I always tell you guys and everybody else out there that listens, if you read a different version than what I've got right here, stick with it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? I like to use the NIV when I'm doing podcasts. It's just easier for me to sit there and go, wait, now what did he say? Or to try to understand it or to not cause confusion, to keep the flow kind of going, all right? So use what you have. Stick with it. That's between you and the Lord. All right, so John 3, and we're going to start in verse 3. And it says, Jesus replied, Verily, truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God. Here is our answer. Unless they are born again. He's, he's having a midnight hour talk with Nicodemus. And so Nicodemus is supposed to be the wisest rabbi of the time, right? But he can't even understand what Jesus is telling him. And so Nicodemus comes back and he goes, Wait, how can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asks, and he says in verse 4, Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Now this is the smartest one of the rabbis. And he's thinking like this, really? I'm just like, okay, I, I think the rocks would be smarter. <laughs> and so, verse 5, Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God. He's not talking about entering the mother's womb. He says no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. And so see, right there, well, how do we get that spirit? It's actually when we become citizens of heaven, when we give our lives to the Lord. It is the salvation message that actually gets us that heaven card. Not that green card, that heaven card. To be able to say, I'm in like Flynn. Are you in? You know? <laughs> and so whenever it comes to heaven, people often think of the future destination when their heart beats. But it, see, it's right now. It's what Peter, Paul, or not Peter, it's what Paul has said. It's what David has said. It's right now, the moment we accept him. You're now a kingdom walker. Or, as I was thinking about it earlier this week, trying to get all my notes together, I was like, wait a minute. Okay, so once we accept the Lord, our old nature, our flesh, right? Flesh um, gives birth to flesh. So when we die to the flesh... And we are born in the spirit. 
What happens to our flesh? It's dead, spiritually speaking, right? It is dead. So in turn, we are now dead man walking. <laughs> it gives a whole new meaning to it. Dead man walking. So we're going to start walking around and go, oh, what's up, Gloria? What's up, Jake? Dead man walking, <laughs> you know, or a few others out there, you know, it, it's just dead man walking, Jerry, dead man walking, Sarah, you know, as we are believers in Christ, it's just living in this flesh until we get to heaven. It is our old nature that is now dead, gone. It doesn't control us. It should not control us. Do we still battle with it? Yes, we do. We battle with it each and every day. That's why Paul says, you know, the things that I want to do, I don't do. And the things that I do do, I don't want to do. So we're always warring with that flesh. But the Spirit is willing the Spirit is always willing to do what will glorify the Lord. See, as children of God, our minds and our hearts, they're in heaven. And I was thinking about this too. And it was actually, I was i was cracking up doing this study because I was like, wow, our heart and our minds are in heaven. So we really can say, well, what, you got your head in the clouds? <laughs> All right, or is your head in the clouds? But our feet are on this earth because right now we are citizens of earth, right? But then I noticed this, guys. Hang with me now. See, it makes sense why God says he puts everything under our feet. Did you know that? He puts everything, starting with Adam, he's put everything under our feet. How it says, how he put the birds and the and the beasts and the, and and the fish of the sea, the great fish of the sea, he put it all under our feet. Even Lucifer, before he was kicked out of heaven, we're going to take a look at some scripture that even Lucifer says, "What is man that you are mindful of them and that you have put everything under their feet?" Ah, so see now we know why Lucifer was jealous of mankind. He had all power. See? All right, so let's take a look at some scripture. And if you have your Bibles, or if you're just on your way out to your day-to-day -day hustle and you're listening in, that's fine. So I'm going to start with Psalms 47. We're going to be bouncing around to some scriptures today. Because I was having fun digging into this. And I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. So, Psalms 47. And we're going to go in verse, I believe it's 3. No, we're going to start in verse 2. So, it says, the For the Lord Most High is awesome. The great King over all the earth. He's the king of everything, right? Everything is his. He is king. But check this out. It says in verse 3, He subdued nations under us, peoples under our feet. He chose our inheritance for us, the pride of Jacob, whom he loved. He put nations, you guys, when we become heirs of the kingdom, when we are citizens of heaven, guess what? We become Heirs 
of the kingdom. We, okay, let me say it like this. We become his inheritance, which now he says, because you are my inheritance, I'm going to put everything else under your feet. You have all authority. It's all mine, but I'm going to allow you to rule over it. Pretty cool, huh? All right, so, all right, let's take a look. I'm going to stay in Psalms. And even I noticed this little verse, little little guy, but I was like, wow, Lord, that is a pretty good impact right there. And it's Psalms 8. And this is where Lucifer is actually coming before the Lord in the courts. And he's coming to him and saying, you know, Lord, he gives him all praise, honor, and glory. Isn't it funny how Lucifer actually sets the example of to, of approaching the throne of heaven? And what do you what do you mean by that, Monica? Well, take a look at Psalms eight, and he starts off in verse one, and I'm going to kind of just skim through. So bear with me. In verse one, he he says, "Lord, our Lord." How majestic is your name in all the earth? He's giving God his honor and his due. And then he says, You have set your glory in the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies. He goes on to just praise the Lord. But notice how he brings up children and infants. Interesting. Look at what we're dealing with now, right? Why does he say children and infants? And then he goes on, verse 4, he goes, What is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings, what are these human beings that you care for them? You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands and you put everything under their feet. All flocks and herds and the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, the flesh, <laughs> all that swim the paths of the seas. So he, he gives all honor and praise to the Lord. And then he brings forth his question. But then he ends it and goes, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth? Probably as he was bowing down, exiting stage left, right? And that's all that it was in that whole chapter of Psalms 8. He throws that question out to God Almighty. What is this man? And I thought that was pretty interesting. I mean, Satan or Lucifer actually acknowledges the rule that we had at one point until... Adam screwed it up, you know, with allowing Eve to to tempt him to take a bite of the apple. And then we know that whole scenario. We know what happened there. But see, once, yes, once Satan took it, well, Jesus came back and says, uh, no, this is how it's going to happen. And he took it all back and turned around and gives it back to us once we know who we are in Christ. So, once our, our eternity is our focus, 
What happens when we become citizens of heaven? What benefits are, are, are gained? What, what perspectives, you know, are, are there now? Well, I've noticed that our desires begin to change. You know, and I've heard so many believers that they go out there and they're like, hey, you know, as I draw close to the Lord, I want to love what he loves and I want to hate what God hates. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's a big impact. That's a big statement. And I know that it says that in the word that we're supposed to desire the things of the Lord and to put away the things of the flesh. But just saying it and not acting upon it is a whole other thing entirely. You know, I have people in the neighborhood, they're just, they're not Christians. And they will come and vent to me about other Christians out there and what they see. And I'm like, Monica, these aren't true Christians. This is what's going on. And then they're doing this or they're saying that. See, even the world knows that there is supposed to be a kindness, a change in the Christian. When they follow the one true living God. And that's what I don't understand. I'm like, good Lord, if you know that somebody is supposed to be good, kind, loving, gentle, all of those things, then why are you not coming and following and saying, hey, I want what they have, that that true Christian light in their own heart. That's what I don't understand sometimes. You're just like, ah, but they would rather sit and tear down the believer that is lukewarm. And so let's take a look at, let's go to, let's go to Ezekiel. Ezekiel is in uh, the Old Testament. I almost said the New Testament, guys. Let's go to Ezekiel. Let me see, where is my Ezekiel? I always have a hard time finding this one. I need to put like those Bible tabs, like I found it. <laughs> I need to put those Bible tabs like in my Bible. Go to the Bible store, the Christian bookstore, and go get those for my Bible so I can get to these quicker. I've done it before while I've, I've left sticky notes all in the chapters that I want to reference to. Oh my Lord, was that a major confusion. <laughs> okay, so Ezekiel, I'm there. Ezekiel 36. And it is starting in, I'm going to start with verse 24. My notes say 25, but I'm going to go up one. You know I got to do it, guys. All right, 24. For I will take you out of the nations. I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. Yes, we know that the Lord is talking to Israel. We know that. I will sprinkle clean water on you. And you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. This is one of our bennies, guys. This is one of our benefits, our perks of giving our life over to the Lord. He says he will give us a new spirit He'll remove that cold, hard stone from us. And he's going to give us a heart of flesh. A heart of flesh is soft. Uh, when we think of flesh, it's soft. It absorbs, right? So what do we want to absorb? Everything that God has to offer us. Okay, and in verse 27, he goes on to say, 
and I will put my spirit in you. Because now you have a heart of flesh. With a heart of stone, he can't. Because it's going to smack up against that, that hard surface. And he says, and I'll move you to follow my decrees. And be careful to keep my laws. I will save you. Verse 29. I will save you from all your uncleanness. I will call for the grain and make it plentiful. Here's more bennies, guys. More perks. Verse 29, he says, so he's going to, let's recap. He's going to cleanse us from all impurities, from all of our idols, things that we make an idol, whether it could be Trump, where it could be, you know, that person, that Hollywood star, it could be our own spouse, it could be that, that hobby that we like to do. We tend to put it on that, on that pedestal and we've just got to do this before the Lord. We've got to watch that show before the Lord. We've got to eat that that pizza or burger before we, we thank the Lord. You know, just whatever is is in front of the Lord can become that idol. So he'll remove that idol. And then he says, I'm going to give you a heart of flesh. I'm going to take away that, that heart of stone. I'm going to give you that heart of flesh. Then I'm going to put my spirit in you. And then I'm going to help you follow my decrees and my laws. And then he says, then you're going to live in the land that I gave your ancestors. And we know he's talking to the Israelites. But in all actuality, we're going to live in the land of our ancestors. Who are our ancestors? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Where are they now? In heaven. In what land? In the kingdom of heaven. What are we inheriting when we have our, our heaven card? The kingdom of heaven, right? And he says, you will be my people and I will be your God. Then he says, oh, wait, but there's more. <laughs> For $9.95 plus shipping and handling, <laughs> he says, I will save you from all your uncleanness and then... I will call for the grain and make it plentiful. He's going to bless us and will not bring famine upon you. You will have what you need every single day. See, a lot of people think that it's a prosperity message. And you're like, no, the Lord's going to make sure that you have everything you need each and every day. He's going to make sure that you are plentiful. And you know, when I think about that, I actually often think about this. When I send my son to the store, I'll say, go get me like a dozen eggs, for example. My son will go to the store and come back with two dozen eggs. And I'm like, son, why did you bring me two dozen eggs? And he goes, mom, I just want to make sure that you always have enough. So see, it's plentiful. I was made plentiful <laughs> in the eggs. So that's what I think about when I think of the Lord. He's going to make sure that we have enough. And the Lord always does things big, bigly, right? I mean, if bigly was a word, <laughs> look at the Israelites when um, they were in the desert and they started complaining to Moses about being hungry. And the Lord sent the manna. They had manna all over the land in the morning and they gathered up they ate until they were so stuffed and that's all they had to do so they had plenty 
Then, of course, they had to walk it off for the day. But, you know, the Lord fed them and gave them what they needed. That's why we're not supposed to worry about what we'll eat, what we'll drink, what we'll wear. The Lord will take care of everything. All right. So when we come back, we're going to talk about Joseph and what happened to him. So we'll be back right after this. This a long, long time. I don't think I've ever interviewed anybody who plays Jesus in a show and a movie. What is it with you and Jesus, man? You know, um, so for the show, it's it's something I've been playing Jesus in one form of media or another for the last nine years, and then in February, Jesus Revolution will not quite Jesus, but it's. A guy that loved Jesus. It's a, a hippie preacher. So, uh, and they both have long hair and a beard. Um, but for me, I, I think getting to play Jesus, uh, it, for me, I've realized that it's it's like ministry. You know, it's kind of it's been my calling, and um, the 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 reactions to the show, and now to the uh, a cinematic version of the show, uh, depiction of the show. People have just been um, transformed by it, and for me, it's it's worth everything. We're a nation of storytellers, of creators, all different types of artists. Our responsibility is to protect creators' rights and advance their interests on important music and artistic creation policies. And we must allow all of these artists to continue their art, to continue to create their magic, and to create their inspiration that moves the world. Well, okay, back to, do you have your heavens card to become a citizen of heaven? All right, so we're talking about Joseph. Well, we're going to get into Joseph, let's say that. So, when we become a Christian, it is saying no, like we were just talking about before the break, that we've got to say no to the things of the flesh. And I recently sat down and I started watching the movie um, Joseph. If you haven't seen this movie, it's, it's an old one. It's back in 1995. And it's starring Martin Landau as Isaac and... It's got uh, Ben Kingsley as the governor of Potiphar. And it's I think it's Monica Belushi. Um, she is Potiphar's wife, I believe, in there. And I cannot remember for the life of me his name that plays Joseph. But it's a great, great movie. And the story's just awesome and how they did it. Um, so it's major kudos to them for doing this movie. It's some the only Joseph movie that I have found that I actually like. But in the movie, if you can remember the story in the Bible, remember when Potiphar's wife had an interest in Joseph. The moment she laid her eyes on him, um, she just she lost it after him the whole time. And then came that time where she kept being persistent to get Joseph to sleep with her. And even though... Potiphar had entrusted his household, I mean, all of his servants, everything, finances, everything. He entrusted everything to Joseph. And I love how 
Joseph ran away from the sin and the, and the temptation. And it's often what we have to do when sin um, is knocking at our doorstep, when sin is like right there, when it's trying to tempt us, those things that the enemy just knows that will get Monica to, hmm, and start walking over towards the path that will lead to death. The enemy knows how to do that. But see, sin can destroy us and allow that foothold from Satan. There it is. Everything is under our feet again. And it will give Satan a foothold on us. And we can't allow that. See, before we can walk in the fullness of our destiny, I was thinking about this, we have to allow and we must have the revelation of who we are and whose we are and what we gain those perks those bennies guys see a citizen of heaven and god's inheritance knows and understands the sacrifice jesus made for you and i and we don't carry that lightly we carry that knowing hey if i forget your mercy seat remind me of what you've done for me in my life and see, with the benefits of the Lord bringing in the grain, making sure that that, that harvest, that you, that you have plenty in your harvest at all times. You have the, the finances to pay the bills. You have that roof over your head. You have food on the table, clothes on your back, clothes on your wife, on your husband, your spouse, your kids, you know, whatever the situation is. See, success is not how well we are doing in life. It's how well God provides for us. It's how we, we should and must look at it. Look at how well Joseph was provided for when God put him where he needed to be for his divine purpose to come about and to save a country that actually ends up enslaving Joseph's own people once Joseph dies. Crazy, right? Just crazy things like that. See, I also heard this once. A pastor in California says, success is not how well known we are on earth. Here's another, Benny, guys. We are to be known in heaven and feared in hell. But check this out. God says to those on earth, he tells us, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world, yet loses his soul? So it pretty much sums it up, right? If, if a pastor is telling us, hey, we need to be known in heaven by the, that great cloud of witnesses. See, as we're going to get into it a little bit later on here, notice that that great cloud of witnesses is always cheering for us. They're watching us. And, and I'm getting ahead of myself, so I'm going to stop right there. So this is a great point to bring up um, as, we, as we get into it. But it's interesting to know, to be known in heaven, feared on earth, and to not worry about profiting and gaining that whole, the whole world and everything in it. It doesn't make it, doesn't, does, it's not going to do anything for us. Heaven is our home. And that's where our perspective has to be. To make sure we are known at home. 
So we're going to take a look at the faith chapter real quick. Hebrews um, 11. Wow, that was pretty good. Opened right up to the book of Hebrews. That's once in a lifetime, right? All right, so Hebrews 11, it's also known as the faith chapter for those that, that know about this. So we're going to go to verse 8 where it talks about, I believe it's Abraham. Yes. And he says, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place, he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. He followed the Lord. See, by faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. Then scroll down and check this in verse 10. We're still talking about Abraham and he says, For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. So he even knew that he had a kingdom that was being prepared for him and that he was journeying. He was a sojourner. Here on earth, just like we are, when the Lord tells us to go, we go here. When the Lord tells us to stay, we're supposed to stay here. But see, he obeyed and he stayed and he came and he did what the Lord wanted him to do, even though he did not know where he was going half the time. He just had pure faith in the Lord. But he also knew that the Lord was building a kingdom for when we would all meet together in the air. Pretty cool, huh? All right, so let's move on. So when the reality of eternity, when that, when that touches our hearts, we no longer want to hold on to temporary things in this earth. That's pretty much why it says, why Jesus says, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world? We have to let go of all those things. And you know, it, it's, it's easy to start living in luxury once you start getting life together and you start going, wow, and you, we have better control over our finances. We learn how to put the credit cards away during the holidays when it's so hard to bust it out. And it's so hard to be able to go, wow, I have this. It's nice to have this. Or it's nice to have that second car or it's... Nice to have a two-car garage or living on the first floor in an apartment or, you know, wherever you are to be able to have a house on, on some property. But see, all that doesn't matter. It's, it's are you known in heaven and are you feared in hell? Pretty challenging statement. See, citizens of heaven have a heavenly, eternal perspective. We behave and we speak differently. We walk in faith just as Abraham did and how we learned that Abraham, what he did all throughout his life. See, when we walk in faith and we know that no weapon formed against us will stand, we know who we are. And guess what? We will stand out. And it's why God says we are that peculiar, peculiar people. Have you ever noticed that? It's like... You can look at somebody and go, okay, well, 
they're kind of odd. They're strange, right? <laughs> Especially those geniuses, those whiz kids, right? They're just a little off. But that's the way we are supposed to be. We are to be a peculiar. We're supposed to be like, okay, why is there something different about him or her? What is it? See, Charles Finney was a, was a great man of God, and he used to be able to walk into a restaurant. A pastor shared this one time on a study that I listened to, and he said that Charles Finney would walk into a restaurant, and everybody would turn around and fall to their knees and say, what must I do to be saved? He walked with God so much that when he walked into a restaurant, he was peculiar, he was different. They noticed exactly, boom, the glory of the Lord was on Charles Finney and it was felt the minute he walked into a restaurant. I mean, wow, wouldn't it be awesome to be able to have that type of relationship with the Lord? To be able to walk in and to be able to help bring others into the kingdom of God? Man, what a goal to 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 sought after. What a, you know, what something to just aspire to. I was one, I remember this one time I was once told, and as I get ready to, to close this down, I was once told on the phone, and I was talking to this gal on the phone, and she's not a Christian at the time of the phone call, and she was sharing something about all the political mess that we deal with. And she began just cussing on the phone and everything. And I would listen to her, and this was after I was already saved and everything, and the Lord was just dealing with me with with cleaning up my life and and part of that was noticed in this and what happened and what transpired on the phone and she was talking to me and she began saying like cussing up all these words and she's like Monica oh my gosh you don't cuss I'm noticing that I cuss all the time and you don't you need to cuss because you're making me feel guilty and I was like, whoa, really? Seriously? Why is it that I have to go and sin and say things that are not even in my heart and be something that is not even me? Why do I have to sin so that you don't feel guilty? You know, it was great that, that the fact that I was not saying those cuss words and that it was bringing a conviction on her heart. But it should have been the other way around of going, wow, how come you don't cuss? What is it in you? But see, that's the world. They want you to say, hey, I'm feeling guilty, so now you need to come join me in the sin. But no, we have to make that stand. You know, and in, in the conversation, I was just like, uh, well, no, that's just not me anymore. I don't, I don't cuss. And she didn't know that side of me before I became a Christian you know, I had a, I, I'm, I'm a vet. I had a mouth just like all of us vets do. And, but once the Lord came into my heart, he took that out of me. It was, it was just something that was just not there anymore. And it, and it actually, it says not to grieve the spirit with those type of things. And so when we say those things out of our mouth, it grieves the spirit. And the Lord says, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So there it is. All right, so 
As I'm closing this down, I also began to look at one of the big Bible heroes of our time, Enoch. Enoch reminded me of Charles Finney, right? And Enoch showed that in the midst of having all kinds of responsibilities, because Enoch had a family too, and in the midst of his responsibilities, and for us, like our jobs and our family, our hobbies, just, just life, right? Enoch was still able to walk with God in deep communion. It was so deep that God just took him. We all know that. See, God is calling us to walk with him in a manner that Enoch had that was so supernatural that it was just natural, if that makes sense. See, it's having our heads in heaven, like I said earlier. It's your head in the clouds and our feet on the earth, walking out his plans for glory. We as citizens must live by God's revelation or we will grow lukewarm and become apathetic. Paul says that he forgets the past in order to reach those that are ahead. And in striving our goal is in Jeremiah 9. One last verse, you guys. I'm going to use my Bible app to go ahead and shut this down and bring you Jeremiah. And it is in chapter 9, I believe it is. Yes, Jeremiah 9. And it's in verse uh, 23, I'm going to say. And it says, come on, Bible app. This is what the Lord says. Let not the wise boast of their wisdom or the strong boast of their strength or the rich boast of their riches. But let the one who boasts boast about this, that they have the understanding to know me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. For in these I delight, declares the Lord. See, and how do we, how can we boast on those things of the Lord? It is having our head in the clouds and always spending time with the Lord. See, it's, it's not going for 15 minutes of just straight prayer, but instead, not letting 15 minutes pass you by without talking to the Lord. That's how we keep our head in the clouds. Well, hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast, The Busy Believer. And if you like the episode or think it will be useful for someone else, hey, please give us a review over at podchaser.com forward slash busy believer. And if you have any questions, you can jump on over to Truth Social and follow me at The Busy Believer. And remember, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Isaiah 43.1. Have a blessed day.